Welcome to the Raised with Jesus podcast, 10 minutes every day where the life of Jesus meets yours. You've got your daily Bible reading today from Amos chapter 1. Amos chapter 1. The words of Amos, who was among the sheep breeders from Tekoa. He saw a vision concerning Israel during the days of Uzziah king of Judah and during the days of Jeroboam son of Joash king of Israel, two years before the earthquake. He said, The Lord roars from Zion. From Jerusalem he sends out his voice. The pastures of the shepherds dry up, and the top of Mount Carmel withers. I'm going to pause there briefly. Most of the first chapter and into the second chapter is a series of oracles against various nations surrounding Israel. And then in chapter two, we get into an oracle specifically against Judah and Israel. And so I will read the headings talking about the the countries that Amos is speaking about. Picking it up in verse three, judgment against Aram. This is what the Lord says. Because of three sins of Damascus, because of four, I will not hold back judgment because they cut up Gilead with iron threshing boards. So I will send fire against the house of Hazael, and it will consume the fortresses of Ben-Hadad. I will break the bars of the gates of Damascus, and I will cut off the one seated in the valley of Avon, and the one who holds a scepter in Beth-Eden. So the people of Aram will go into exile toward Kir. The Lord has spoken. Judgment against Philistia. This is what the Lord says. Because of three sins of Gaza, because of four, I will not hold back judgment, because they sold an entire population into exile, handing them over to Edom. So I will send fire against the city wall of Gaza, and it will consume her citadels. I will cut off the one seated in Ashdod, and the one who holds a scepter in Ashkelon. I will also turn my hand against Ekron, and what is left of the Philistines will perish. The Lord God has spoken. Judgment against Canaan This is what the Lord says, Because of three sins of Tyre, because of four, I will not hold back judgment, because they delivered over an entire population and exiled them to Edom, and they did not remember a treaty of brotherhood. So I will send fire against the city wall of Tyre, and it will consume her citadels. Judgment against Edom. This is what the Lord says, Because of three sins of Edom, because of four, I will not hold back judgment, because he pursued his brother with a sword, and he had no compassion. His anger kept tearing Israel apart, and his fury raged without stopping. So I will send fire against Teman, and it will consume the citadels of Basra. This is what the Lord says. Because of three sins of the Ammonites, because of four, I will not hold back judgment, because they ripped open the pregnant women of Gilead in order to enlarge their own territory. So I will ignite a fire against the city walls of Rabbah, and it will consume her citadels with a battle cry on the day of war with a strong wind on the day of the storm. Then their kings will go into exile, he and his officials together, the Lord has spoken. That last oracle, a statement of judgment against Ammon. This is chapter 1. First of all, Amos. Amos is a prophet. Well, he's not really a prophet. He's not trained as a prophet. He is um, one who takes care of sheep. And there's some there's some recent scholarship that might suggest that the term that we have for shepherd here is somebody who is um, very well off. 
somebody who is perhaps from the upper crust of society. And he's not trained as a prophet. He takes care of takes care of sheep. <laughs> and and so first of all, he's not really a prophet, um, but God called him to be a prophet. The word of the Lord came to Amos. Um, he saw a vision concerning Israel in the days before Uzziah, king of Judah, and during the days of Jeroboam, Jeroboam, son of Joash, king of Israel. And so that really narrows down the time frame that we have for Amos. King Uzziah was king from around 783 to about 742, um, and that is in Judah, the southern kingdom. And King Jeroboam II is right, right around that same time, 786 to 746, so the middle of the 700s BC. And you might think of Isaiah. Um, my, my landmark for Isaiah is usually about 740 BC all the way down to 700 BC. So that's kind of interesting that Amos is a contemporary of Isaiah for sure, possibly Jonah, and some might say even also Hosea. And so the first thing that we see is that Amos is not a trained prophet. But then secondly, the book of Amos deals a lot with the idea of justice. Justice and here in chapter one and into chapter two, we have this incredible listing of how God is going to carry out justice against nations around Israel who have committed war crimes. And this is, you know, maybe fairly common thought to us that there is a, such a thing as the Geneva Convention and a war crimes tribunal. But here God is holding these nations accountable on the basis of the natural knowledge of God, on the basis of the law and the conscience, that there are things that ought not to be done, even in the case of warfare. So that's kind of the first note. The second note is that Amos is here from the southern part of Judah. He is south of Jerusalem, about 11 miles. That's where Tekoa is. And he speaks primarily to Israel, but also to these other nations around them. Under the same basic theme, the Lord roars from Zion. That is the propositional statement at the beginning of chapter 1, and we're going to see that coming around and around again. The Lord roars. He is like a lion who is roaring from his place here on earth at Zion, at Jerusalem, the spiritual Jerusalem. And he roars with justice. Justice. And so, as a Christian, how do you read this? You recognize that God certainly has the right and to carry out justice in his own time. As a Christian, we also recognize that God cares about justice. God cares when people, whether his chosen nation or otherwise, when people are being treated miserably, when governments war against one another and the the armies really take out their vengeance on the nations. Some of the descriptions that we have here in Amos chapter 1, and we'll have a few of them a little bit later into the book, are just horrifying. And there sometimes is the accusation, the wondering, well, where is God when this happened? Where is God when that happened? Where was God during, you know, the Rwandan genocide? Where is God fill in the blank? Where is God in the 20th century when, by some estimations, the governments of this world killed over 169 million people? 169 million people, and that number does not include warfare, that just includes what the researchers surmised and derived as their best guess based on the totalitarianism of the Soviet gulags, of Nazi Germany, of the Chinese state, and this does not include a number in of the, the dead in warfare. And you can check out the show notes, I have a link there for the research study behind it all. But what's the point? That there might be the accusation, where is God when? Where is God when this was happening? Where is God when the Christian church was being stamped out in Russia under the early Stalinist regime? Where was God when the Holocaust took place? Where was God? And the book of Amos very, very forcefully 
says that God roars. The Lord roars from Zion. He sees, he cares, and he will carry out justice. Here in the book of Amos, we will see a a very harsh message throughout almost the entire book. Although business was booming and the borders were, were expanding, that is to say from an external, purely worldly perspective, things were going pretty well for Israel. But the sins of idolatry and self-righteousness, deceit, arrogant, greed, materialism, oppression of the poor, and empty ritualism were everywhere. The empty ritual of simply going through some motions and thinking that that was sufficient, that that was something God would appreciate. Amos violently rebukes the people right up until the last chapter. It's going to be pretty blistering, and it's and at the same time, we're going to learn a lot about God, and we're going to see actually God's grace to us in a new light in the personal work of Jesus Christ. And then finally, the final five verses deliver and reassure the Israelites of the Lord's love and promise of restoration and forgiveness. But what's really telling, and we'll see that especially as we finish chapter one here with the oracles against the other nations, And then we get into chapter 2 where God holds his own people accountable. They who had the written word of God. They who certainly should have known better, but didn't act better. God holds them especially accountable. And so what shall we learn from this? Um, First of all, to pay attention to the word of God. And then secondly, to exercise our faith. As Jesus continues to work through you and through me to sanctify us, to make us whole and complete, to bring him glory in this world. And then finally, God sees and God is concerned about all the worries and concerns of this world. He sees the injustice and the crime around us. But as for you, pay attention to the word of the Lord. Thanks so much for joining us here at the Raised with Jesus podcast. If you haven't followed us on Facebook yet, just search for Raised with Jesus and go ahead, like, share, subscribe. God bless your day.